This episode was brought to you by Pod People Productions. To find more episodes of this show and others, please visit podpeople.me. It's podcasts for the weird at heart. Welcome to our American Horror Story 1984 minisode. This week we are dissecting episode 4, True Killers. Each week we will be dissecting every episode of the slasher-themed season of American Horror Story, going over the synopsis, the kill list, and our usual dissection. So this episode did uh, air on October 9th, 2019, True Killers. Um, It is our second female director of the season, and it's Jennifer Lynch, who is, yes, David Lynch's daughter, in case you were wondering. Um, she's directed films such as Chained, Boxing Helena, she did the movie Surveillance, um, and then of course, because every director who has worked with Ryan Murphy by this point has worked with him before, I checked, she has done episodes of American Horror Story and 911. Makes sense. Yep. Yeah, very much. Um, when I saw her name, I was watching with B, I was like, ooh, Jennifer Lynch, and she's like, who is that? And I was like, oh, it's David Lynch's daughter. I've seen um, Boxing Helena and Surveillance. And, I mean, she's kind of a name, you know? Like, so when I was doing the research for the episode, I was like, I'm going to check because I bet she's worked with him anyways. And sure enough, she's worked with him on, like, five seasons of American Horror Story. So she's been through it. Um, I think I saw it going back to, like, 2010 so or 2011. So a while, yeah. Yeah. Um, Jay Beattie uh, wrote this episode, worked on Scream, the TV series, and Revenge, Mm -hmm. which was a nice little... Uh, mystery show for a minute. For a season. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, he did a bunch of stuff. He worked on that show. I think you watched it, Surface. Oh, yeah, I watched that show. Yeah, he wrote <laughs> a bunch of that show. That was good. That was a nice, like, sort of mystery, sort of, like, Stephen King-esque out yeah. in Maine. I remember when it came out. Yeah. I just never checked it out. Um, I mean, but, I think it got canceled after the first season, yeah. so, you know. But I included those because, one, I know we both watched Revenge, and then, yeah. two, we're actually big fans of the Scream TV series. Correct, Mundo. Yeah. So, I thought it was neat that he did, like, right when I typed in him to him in, like, the little thing right next to it was was Noah from Scream, and I was like, oh, so he's worked on that. Nice. Yeah. Um, same cast. We didn't. Did we get any new characters? No new characters. No, yeah. Quite a few characters just didn't return. Obviously, yeah. no Ray in this episode. Yeah. Um, no Dreamer Walker because she did. No Chad yeah. also dead. Um, yeah. all the new characters we got last episode were, um, killed off or yeah, murdered or just not in the. I mean, we have a returning character because um, Margaret wasn't in the last episode at all. Lou Taylor Pucci as Jonah the Hitchhiker still seems to be missing, and I'm sure will return in some form or another. Um, but yeah, like we said, it's our it's our same um, the usual suspects at this point. Yes, uh, we did get to see the cook. Um, yes, this that episode was... who has been missing since I think the first episode. We haven't seen her. Yeah, um, Birdie. Birdie. Yeah. So she makes an appearance. Otherwise. Our normal cast of, you know, Brooke, Montana, Xavier, Trevor, all those good guys back again. Um, and then yeah. the Birdie is Tara Carsian. I do want to at least credit yeah. her because she does have that, that yeah. spotlight in this episode. Yeah. Um. So this episode we get, so, so far we have had 
uh, Mr. Jingles and Richard Ramirez, the Night Stalker, as our main killers. Uh-huh. Um, and then we've had other characters pop in who have done some killings here and there, but those have been our focus. Yeah. We've seen like a lot of the, you know, again, slasher trope of accidental killing. Right. Or being around people who were murdered. Yes. Like Brooke has. Exactly. She's just surrounded by death yeah um but we've got this episode has brought us our first um twist killer mm-hmm. and um margaret is actually our mr jingles killer um so we knew she was involved somehow Absolutely, right yeah. like we've called it from the beginning yeah. and so as the sort of plot was developing we're like okay my first thought was so she manipulated him mm-hmm. into doing it. So she's being teased by these counselors. And this is like, it was like really the flashback to 1970 was just screaming like 80s slasher tropes. Oh, big, big time. It's like, oh, she's getting picked on by the other counselors and she's the nerd and they're making fun of her for like sort of befriending the janitor, Mr. Jingles. And she makes, like, a comment to him and is like, oh, yeah, I want you to, like, take care of them or are you going to take care of me or something like that. Yeah. Um, And then I'm like, oh, my God, so they have a thing for each other. She's, like, manipulating him into doing it. And then the episode goes and Ryan turns to me she's like, no, I think she fucking did it. And then, like, two seconds later. Literally, like, yeah. Yeah. Right. He's we, like, wait, I think she did it. It's not even Mr. Jingles at all. Sure enough, we see freaking stabbing the campers well because b was also like earlier in the night we had this like very philosophical conversation (laughs) of kind of like nature versus nurture and also like this study that was done of like these kids who are in a normal high school and then were moved to like a high school that had like you know security measurements in place and like the study was basically like if you are told that you're like dangerous and that you're um more like um likely to commit a crime do you start actually doing it even though you're not but because you're put in that situation you feel like it so we got in this whole conversation and then we were i was like you know we you mentioned last episode like are they painting mr jingles as a sympathetic character so that kind of like struck uh, like it was like a little light bulb i was like wait a minute maybe he is and he didn't even fucking kill him yeah and then yeah sure enough it was like he said like two seconds later i was like yep he did not kill them mm-hmm. yeah because for me i was like well Say he blacked out, he doesn't really remember, because that's sort of what we've been led to believe so far about him. That's what we've been told. The only, maybe the only reason he's killing now is because he's spent, what, 14 years Mm -hmm. in a psychotic clinic for, like, the mentally ill, being told that he killed all these people, he ruined all these lives. Well, and it shows, like, it does show, you know, Dr. Karen shows up briefly and it shows her putting him through intense like electroshock treatment and stuff Mm -hmm. like shit messes with your brain yeah and so maybe when he got to the camp now because now you're trying to explain well why is he killing now Mm -hmm. well because he's been basically trained that he is one yeah he does use a line like it's near the end of the episode but he does tell margaret he's the killer that she made him yeah so yeah i think it was it was a very interesting conversation that b and i had but um it yeah it kind of gave me a like that idea and then they came around and proved it true yeah so the synopsis is mr jingles closes in on the one who got away as the counselors rally to escape camp redwood um i'd say more the synopsis should be this is our freddy versus jason showdown with a big twist yeah yeah um 
we get like you know the last episode ended with that twist um montana and richard ramirez know each other and i just gotta pat myself on the back yeah, a little bit because i called this it this week where i get it last I, week i had it i literally dead on yeah. nailed it i was like i think that her brother was the yeah. guy that died in the wedding sure enough it's yeah. exactly what it was and that's why she wants brooke dead she yeah. blames brooke for her brother's death so she is obviously um i mean she, and she's attracted she's also to, cuckoo yeah too. she like is. it's something's not right. right um she's definitely a sociopath as well mm-hmm. um just maybe doesn't have like can't pull the trigger on the actual killing part but she utilizes richard ramirez so basically we see that he walks into one of her classes because she's playing billy idol yeah. which you know um, who they reference as metal as metal which i mean maybe at the time people were calling billy idol metal i mean i love billy idol like so much but i would not classify him as not metal whatsoever yeah whatsoever um but one of the aerobics guys is like turn the shit off play cindy lopper and she's like no and then he's like i'm gonna tell on you and he like flips her off and leaves and then richard ramirez we don't see it but he um stalks the guy down and guts him and hangs him up in the locker room for montana to find and that's when Montana realizes that he has no problem killing people. So she preys on him and his um, need to kill. His need to kill and also his attraction to her um, to track down Brooke. So we kind of find out like that's the whole background on that situation. Yeah, the whole thing is just really, I mean, it's so fitting. It It's like they're bonded together because she's playing Billy Idol instead of Cindy Lauper. Yep. And that's like a turn on for him that she's into the, the heavy stuff. And like, I don't know. It's just all the comedy and the dark humor in this season are just so spot on. Yeah. It's perfect. It's almost too perfect because it's scary because Richard Ramirez is based, I mean, uh, he's a real person. Uh, yeah. So it's bummer to think of it because they actually make him almost likable. Right, because like of all that entire scene with him in Montana was just like in a scenario where you're not thinking of him as fucking a real killer. You're just like, oh yeah, like you, you kind of get into it. Like, oh, it's well, especially- this like... 80s sadistic yeah. like into satan couple who are like gonna kill why they're in love like you know that's a fun movie well and especially he has like a really funny line right after because she's like why haven't you killed her and he's like she's all you gotta hurry the fuck up because mr jingles is here and he's like the mr jingles and she's like yeah he sliced down two guys right in front of me and then she keeps talking and you can tell he's like in awe of mr jingles and he goes two guys what is he a ninja yeah and i was like i laughed and i was like ah, this is weird that I'm laughing along with this guy. Yeah. But, like, that's what the show does, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think it's a testament to the writing and to, mm-hmm. like, you know, like, I think to be able to do that with me knowing what I know about Richard Ramirez. And, the, you know, they've done this time and time again. They've done it with the Black Dahlia. They did it with, like, the H.H. H. Holmes-inspired character in a hotel. Like, they have a knack for it. So, you know, props to that, right? To the writing team, to Jay Beatty and everyone involved. Um, so yeah, we see Montana and she's like, okay, you know, they double down on finding Brooke and killing her. Um, we also find the guys, um, Xavier, Chet, and Trevor. Chet is super fucked up. They, (laughs) this whole scene's pretty funny too. Like, Xavier's telling him like, no, Trevor's gonna take good care of you. And Trevor shoots him look like, what? And then he, he passes out, uh, Chet does. And then they stab him in the heart with adrenaline. Um, and he gets all, like, hyped up. Um, yeah, with, like, an EpiPen. Yeah. Um, yeah, with an EpiPen. Yeah. Um, but basically, Xavier runs off to go find 
Birdie, and then Trevor runs off to go find Margaret so that they can get them and get the hell out of Dodge. Um, so this is when we officially meet Birdie, uh, and it moves around like pretty quick. Again, mm-hmm. like B and I always talk about it when we're watching the episode. They, f- like, they put the pedal to the metal pretty fast on these because by the end of every episode, we're like, oh shit, it's already over. A lot. Yeah, I, I feel like, like a lot happens. Like a lot happens, and I'm. It never drags for me, and it gets to the end, and it's definitely one of those like, well, fuck, like that's it, that's all I get this week. Mm-hmm. I I would be interested. Looking forward to lis- listening to somebody talking about it if they binge it and see how it plays all one right after another, like as more of like a movie scenario. Because um, I'd be curious. Because I think the I think the long format really works. I I'm I don't know. Yeah, I'm always left like wanting more at the end. Yeah, but I, I wonder how I'd feel if I was getting it all at once. I wonder if it would feel like you were on speed. Right? Because you're like, whoa, this is all going yeah. so fast. Yeah. Um, but Xavier tells Birdie they got to get out of there. She doesn't believe him at first, and then Jingle shows up, and we find out that she knows Jingles, that she worked at the camp when he did in 1970. She came back for Margaret because she basically had the idea that, like, Margaret is stuck in the past and can't move on until she does this. So she was trying to help Margaret out. Support her. Yeah, and Jingles, she know? Jingles, again, is sympathetic because he doesn't want to kill Birdie. Like, she's talking to him. She is treating him like a human. She makes him a sandwich. Yeah, and I mean, she's definitely afraid the whole time, oh, right? It's like sure. one of those scenarios yeah. where she's, like, cautious and understands that, you know, maybe if she just plays it cool, she might, like, survive this situation. So she's just trying to be, like, calm and cool. But the whole time Xavier's, like, under the table yeah and i think she would have survived but xavier alerts jingles to him and jingles um you know he freaks out yeah he freaks out he tries to kill xavier birdie attacks jingles he attacks birdie knocks them both out um we see him like pretty much brutally stab the hell out of birdie and 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 like brutalize her and then he puts xavier in the oven and locks like puts the ladle over the um, the doors the, the handle so he can't get out um, which is disgusting. That whole scene is gross. It's gross body there's, horror. Yeah, stuff. there's a lot of body horror in this episode. There's like numerous times. So there's a, a yeah, where we were looking at you like, oh god, no, I can't watch this. Yeah, the burning alive stuff when his skin was like melting. He's like touching his face and it's like melting off, like wax almost. And then Birdie herself looked really rough when he gets. So Birdie does survive long enough to let Xavier out of the oven. Yeah. Um, but she is fucked up and she asked savior to kill her because she's in so much pain and he does and that scene was brutal too because yeah, it was very hard. slow yeah it was, yeah, was kind of heartbreaking and you can like hear her like her chest bone like yeah, break, like break. And, yeah. it was it was gross it was yeah gross. it was gross then it was like kind of emotional because mm-hmm. you're just like i mean we haven't had really any screen time with birdie at all and not that much with xavier not to a point where i'm like super connected to him i do like him a lot i think he's a likable character and him and trevor have been the only and chad have been the only ones who have seemed to be like decent characters in the show so far um but yeah it was just it was a really touching moment and you know in the landscape of the season so far which has been just filled with a lot of brutality and dark humor and yeah I this feel was like, a really sin- it was a really sincere moment yeah the kills have been fast and and like vicious and this one was like painstaking um we also go back to fake rita and brooke um and like brooke has uh brooke has escaped at this point right 
No. No. Um, no, but yeah, Brooke lets, she lets Brooke escape pretty much. And she, cause she, yeah, she, she, like Brooke wakes up in a cabin. She escapes. Either way she runs, there's traps set up. And Oh, I thought you were talking about she's escaped from her trap. No. And no. yeah. And like fake nurse Rita knows this. That's why she lets her out. Um, and she wants, she's using her as bait. She's trying to yeah. see Mr. Jingles and like his natural atmosphere. Um, yeah. So her philosophy is she set up all these traps um, Brooke gets caught in this, like, net trap. Snare net, yeah. yeah. And Nurse Rita is explaining, um, so I'm trying to find out if Mr. Jingles will kill you if you're easy to catch or if it has to be, like, the stalk and slash. Yeah. Um. She, and, like, goes into how, like, serial killers are more prone to attack women. Yeah. And, like, oh, yeah, exactly, like goes into the whole philosophy and she's like Brooke, it's for science like obviously she, also a fucking murderer sociopath and she tells her that she'll be a feminist icon yeah yeah which is pretty great uh-huh um so brooke is stuck up in this thing and um you know montana comes across her and montana wants her dead so montana is basically just like trying to be as loud as possible um to bring the night stalker towards them so that he can kill brooke um but it draws both of the killers. So the knights, uh, Richard Ramirez and um, Mr. and Jingles. Mr. Jingles show up, and this is when we get our showdown, which was pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, this was so awesome. I loved this scene. Yeah. I mean, we've been waiting for it. They kind of been teasing it in the tr- in the like coming up for a couple episodes now, and I'm like, oh my god, yes, it's gonna happen. Like we're gonna get our showdown between the two of them. Yeah, it's pretty brutal. Like, um, like. They're just slashing each other a lot. And, like, at first, Mr. Jingles has a pretty solid upper hand, but then Richard Ramirez, he kind of fights dirty. Like, he fakes dead at one point and is, like, slices his legs. Yeah. Um, and it's... They have a pretty good back and forth the whole time, like, Brooke is basically escaping. And then also... Rita and Montana are fighting. Yeah, Rita and... Yeah, exactly. They're fighting in the, like, down the hill, pretty much. And um, Montana manages to knock Rita out, but by the time she gets up the hill... She sees Mr. Jingles is pretty much tired of the of Ramirez's shit and just lifts him up straight in the air. Again, I felt super Jason mm-hmm. and like shoves him against a tree with the branch just popping out through his mouth. Yeah, and then this causes a few seconds later for his head to just disconnect. The body falls. Um, yeah, and uh, Brooke has escaped. So now Mr. Jingles is out to find Margaret um and uh montana is kind of on her own now because richard ramirez is dead and that was like her accomplice this is where we get the whole flashback um he does find margaret and we find out that like like we talked about at the top of the episode that she made him think he was the killer she blamed him and then he spent all this time but she was in fact the one who killed him and then she kill she thinks she kills him she shoots him numerous times um and then trevor shows up and he's like, oh, thank God you're safe. Oh, my God, you did it. You killed him. And she's like, yep, right bef- right after he killed you. And he's like, what do you mean? And she stabs him. And uh-huh. she, and then she goes, oh, my God, that felt so good. I haven't done that in 14 years. Yeah. Uh, which I think really shows, like, that she's a, like, a, also a true sociopath. Well, yeah, that she was, like, maybe had convinced herself, well, I only did this because these were bad people and they were bad to me. And, um, you know, what's his name? Benjamin? Yeah. Yeah. Benjamin wanted to protect me. 
Um, and I let him do that. Like I gave him this role. He protected me. He's, you know, he stayed in jail for me. Um, and then, you know, tried to let it go and be like, okay, that's done. And then obviously like coming back and she even says like, she wants to come back to camp to sort of repent. She wants to do some good. And as soon as she gets here and then she kills Trevor, she's like, oh fuck, no. Like, this is who I am. Like... This is what I want to, this is what I need to be doing. Yep. Um, but which also helps explain the whole situation between her and Richard Ramirez earlier. Yes, absolutely. Um, so, you know, Brooke finds Xander and there's, uh, like Xander has passed out. Yeah. Brooke finds Xander on the bridge. He's passed out because Mr. Jingles, he thinks Mr. Jingles is going to kill him. Xavier? Yes. Or Xavier, sorry. Like Xander. We're not watching Buffy. Buffy, yeah. Xavier. Like, who finds... the hell is this character I do not remember? She finds Xavier on the bridge. He he ran into Mr. Jingles and he passes out from fear, basically. Um, he, like, begs Mr. Jingles not to kill him and he goes, it wasn't me. Like, and then he wakes up when Brooke makes him come too. There's an explosion. The Cadillac they were going to drive in has caught on fire. And um, Mar- uh, Margaret's there. She tells them, oh my God, you know, Trevor's dead. So gathered around the car is Brooke, Xavier, Montana, and Margaret. And how the episode basically ends is Rita is climbing up the hill after having woken up. And there's Richard Ramirez laying there. And we hear the what has been his little theme of just the Satan, 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 Satan. Yeah. And he his body all comes back together and heals and he levitates up in the air. And he levitates straight up and looks at her. That's and his eyes much, are all black. Yeah, his eyes are all black and that's how the episode ends. Yeah. So we have a full-blown, like, supernatural killer yes, now. Yes, which I'm very into. Yeah, the show had taken a supernatural turn, obviously, with Jonah. But I feel like this is, like, really going, yeah, we're, we're you know like we're really in on it like all chips in on the supernatural well and the thing with it too is that that's still so in line with these films all of our killers not all of them but any of them that have fucking multiple ass movies i mean jason is a revenant yeah go into supernatural territory yeah freddie you know michael Mm. has tried to be explained supernaturally in poor ways but i mean all of them have yes. yeah like any of the, like I mean, like you said any except leatherface really yeah. he doesn't have supernatural but he never dies in any of his yeah he's not ever killed off yeah so i'm like no i'm into this like this is just now this is a trope we're using on the killer side the killer dies and then he comes back supernaturally super into it and i'm more into it than i have been in say like all of the twists so far that have happened in this season, I mean, granted, we're four episodes in, unlike previous seasons that I think a lot of people get, like, tired about, where it just, like, comes out of left field, doesn't really make any sense, and it kind of dives you into a whole nother story, all of these twists are still slasher tropes. Oh, they're super in line And they're with still slashers, in yeah. line with the theme of the series, where, like, for example, like, Asylum, you know, in the second season and I mean it's been a while since I've watched other seasons or even that one but like I remember we would be watching it it was all in this theme of like all these crazy things that are happening in the asylum and then all of a sudden it's fucking aliens and I'm like wait a second that twist doesn't make sense in this world you know and so this one it's way it's just different because it's still in line yeah and I I, again I think that's all on purpose like I do think these guys are slasher fans and they're keeping it in tone with that 
Um, that is the big trope we get in this episode um, is the killer swap where yeah. the seemingly innocent woman is actually the killer. Um, yes. So again, like B said, something that we see a lot in 80s films, um, especially like 80s slashers films. And then I think Brooke fully solidifies herself as the final girl again in this episode. By escaping. By escaping, by falling into the trap, by like just doing everything final girls do. Running around the woods, screaming for help, emboldening herself to be able to do it on her own, escaping, like all of those things. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, and you know, BS the question, she goes, do you think she slept with her husband or her fiance's friend? And I was like, I don't know. And I was like, I don't think so. And she's like, I don't either. I think they're going to keep her as like the full on. Yeah, because Montana's convinced she says it even like yeah, that she, bitch slept with my brother. Yeah. She's and like, it he, got it killed. Yeah, got him killed. My brother got him killed. So but I think she is full on like the I think they have gone against type for her in the series and are full on going like innocent good well, girl. What's so funny to me um and like I'll preface this by saying I'm 27 years old. The first thing I saw Emma Roberts in was Unfabulous. Oh, me too. When it premiered on Nickelodeon when she was like 14 and so was I. We're like the same age. I have been uh, I own Aquamarine. I was going to say I knew her from uh, Yeah. Unfabulous and Aquamarine. Yeah. Uh she's in Nancy Drew like her the entire beginning of her career was all playing like the relatable nice girl. Like Unfabulous is literally a TV show about like this really dorky girl who plays guitar, but she's like and has boy problems, but she's like pretty but not super pretty and like, you know, it was a very Lizzie McGuire-esque, yeah. right? And so it was super in line with sort of that storyline. She's always played the very likable girl next door, but like a little bit like quirky, aquamarine, all that stuff. And then it wasn't until like, I mean, she's in Scream 4 as Jill, who we see as our final girl. And then we get our, you know, oh, actually, she's not the final girl situation. Spoiler alert for a, you know, 10-year-old movie. But it wasn't until American Horror Story that we see the like, bitch out of her and and in other movies and she's really good at in a few other movies um where the millers that she's been in recently but scream queens she's yeah scream queens she's that character so i just think it's so funny that so many people are like no she can't possibly be playing the good girl she's never that character i'm like no 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 her entire career up until pretty much her entering horror was being the good girl. Yep. So very, very possible that is who she's playing. Yeah, and I hope it is. Cause I do too. I want a true final girl. Um, favorite kill this episode? Um, the Night Stalker for sure. Yep. Easy. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. That whole scene, the fight yeah. scene was cool. The like, it just felt super eighties. Yeah. It was. Yeah. It was awesome. It was exciting. I was like, yes, no, Mr. Jingle's gonna come out ahead. This is what's gonna happen. This is awesome. And it did in just such a 80s brutal i am the bigger killer you're just um a real life serial killer yeah um and so now i i love that whole idea of like he's gonna go from being i'm just a regular serial killer who's like sick in the head to now a supernatural one Mm -hmm. i'm excited to see i think they're having another showdown yeah yeah oh for sure um, and my favorite line I already said is definitely the reaction to Mr. Jingles by Richard Ramirez, mm-hmm. where he's like, what is he, some sort of ninja? Yeah. Two, just... two guys at one time? Yeah. Is he a ninja? It was yeah. just really funny. 
Yeah, it was really good. Yeah, the kills this episode, I mean, how many did we have? Not a lot. Not a lot, yeah. And they were, I mean, obviously we don't know anything. The aerobics kid, that was just a, which was disgusting. So that was another thing. I was like, there's something else that was really body. Oh, yeah. His, like, intestines were leaking out. Yeah, and they, like, zoomed in on it. And I'm like, oh, my God, there's a lot of, like, And it wasn't like they were just, like, hanging out. They literally started, like, Like falling out. Yeah, Yeah. uh uh-uh, yeah. And then the other two kills were just really more somber than we've had. Oh so yeah, far. it was really sad when yeah. Trevor died. Yeah, I, liked I was Trevor super a lot. bummed. And also, I like Matthew Morrison in this, and I was like, oh, he's gone already. Yeah, a bummer. It was a bummer. No more big dick energy. Yeah. R.I.P. R.I.P. Big dick. R.I.P. A good man, a better dick. I hope that's what they say when I die. Okay. <laughs> a anyway. good man is better dick. I'm gonna put that on your tombstone. <laughs> yeah, please do. Um, <laughs> I'd be fucking like 85 years old. <laughs> And I would be like fighting with my whole family, with your whole like, family, your not, children, and, and I'm like, in no, my, it's in my will. Yeah. It's like, listen, it's like, fuck, okay, <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Um, the internet mostly, so it's funny. So B and I run in like, um, you know, there's two different when you're into something. This is everything, any sort of fandom. There's always like the general consensus, and then there's the, the fandom. fandom. And the general consensus is usually a lot more upbeat because the fandom is going to be a little more critical. That's most things, and mm-hmm. so I expect it. And it's not any different here. The general consensus for this, it is on IMDb. This is their highest rated episode yet. Many of the reviews are giving it like B plus, A minus, saying that it's like making the right twists and turns that American Horror Story normally does. So it feels more like American Horror Story, but it's still like in line with slasher stuff. Um, A lot of our Twitter feed has been like, boring. Oh, I'm so over it. I was so excited about this season and now I don't like it. And B and I don't really don't understand. It's kind of funny because most of the time, B and I with American Horror Story are like, oh, we're checked out. Like episode yeah. four or five took a turn that's unrealistic, so now we can't watch it. Um, and that's like our friend group even. Like our whole friend group watches American mm-hmm. Horror Story. And usually every year we get kind of excited. We're like, I don't know, it looks pretty cool. And then by episode like five or six, like even – so our friends, the Kazers, are like they can't quit TV shows. <laughs> like – yeah, we they're the biggest pushovers today. in the yeah. world, and so it also applies to television. It's like they're like, well, you know, like, well, I just, I feel, I feel like we got to finish it, you know. And even they have like told me before, like, yeah, man, but like episode seven, I was like done with American Horror Story. Um, so it was just interesting that like I've seen a lot of the internet do that, like our our kind of horror feed, um, but me and I are like, oh no, we're fully bought in and we're really enjoying this season. Yeah, I mean, the thing that I found funny is that I was getting, com- I was seeing a lot of complaints that it was just too boring, too slow, not enough interesting things were happening. They couldn't wait for people to turn, couldn't wait for the big twist to happen. And now that last week, and then last week we got like, oh, okay, yeah, those twists were they were fine. Like I'm into it. And then this week it's like, oh my god, there's literally somebody said, so just everybody's in on it. And I'm like, what do you, can you not be happy? Like, which one do you want? Like, too many twists, not enough twists, not the right twists. We twisted in the wrong direction. I like that everyone's in on it for their own reasons. Yes. Like, that they're not all in on it together, but they have, man, it's, that's why I like this season. stumbled together. Like, I think it's smart. Because they're, like, basically the writers were like, what if instead of all these innocent people stumbled into this thing, it was all of these people who are not innocent but on their own accord stumbled mm-hmm. into this thing? Well, right. So far we found out that everybody has sort of a not-so-great past. Yeah. 
like there's a lot of ulterior motives here. Yeah. No, um, I'm so into it. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I can't. What's what's I'm finding. So this is why I love TV. The the like long form allows for these drawn out situations that you can't have in a movie. We can't have a situation where we have two killers like this and like you can't have a bunch of different people with a bunch of their own motives stumbling into a scenario together because you can't do that in well definitely can't do it in 90 minutes but even the three hour storytelling movies that seem to be coming out now it's just not going to happen it will but not well and so this really allows us to see all these different like situations and characters and get trickles of information about them and I'm like genuinely excited every week to be like okay so where are we going now what's gonna happen yeah no while you were saying that I was just laughing to myself because I was thinking like how you were saying like we can't have all these characters with all their motives and introduce them in a movie which is 100% true and I was thinking in my head I was like yeah like Marvel did it with Avengers and they had to make like 11 movies well you know before Endgame they had to make 22 movies all these characters had to have all these character story arcs of hours at a time so that when you watch Endgame, you understand what's happening. Yeah. And then it makes sense that all these people are together. Yeah. So, like, it, that's why I like this is because it's not a normal slasher movie. Like, in a normal slasher movie, we would have one, maybe two characters with, like, a motive and, like, some sort of backstory. And it's usually, like, your final girl or boy and maybe the killer. Yeah, this is, like, we're getting all 11 movies of the franchise like if this was a big 80s franchise like you know friday or nightmare or halloween it's like we're getting every single film in the franchise all at once yeah no i dig it um i really liked it i like this episode um i i didn't like cheat i'm not gonna say i cheated because i didn't know but i was doing the research and like they have the plot synopses for some future episodes so i have an idea of where things are going but um the next episode in particular um the the preview didn't show much it looks like we're getting more backstory on fake rita yeah so the trailer for next week makes it um and if you don't catch it on tv you can just look it up on youtube the promo um if you just type in like hs 1984 episode Episode five five. promo it'll pop up but it seems like it was actually rita who put xavier in the oven um they say that in the promo he's like oh it was you you're the one who put me in there and they actually kind of show her like putting the ladle through there so we don't actually see mr jingles do it this episode so somehow rita is getting herself extra involved in what the fuck is going on um what else was in the trailer that was the big thing that stuck out to me it was like oh i know it was showing more backstory for her yeah in particular and then i mean i know next week i don't know i'm but oh I don't know. I, I don't, that's the only thing that really stood out to me. Yeah. Um, I think we're going to get, obviously, Jingles, and we're going to find out more about Jingles and Ramirez and what state they're in now. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we'll have to wait and see. I don't really have any predictions. It's I think the show has hit full curveball. and Yeah. Um, predictions. Let's see. Um, My prediction is probably another counselor dies. Yeah, I mean, we went through a lot of... I mean, we only had four deaths, but we went through two counselors this episode. Maybe just... Maybe Margaret dies. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I could see. I could see Margaret dying. Yeah, I... Yeah, I don't... 
I don't know. I'm I'm at the point now where I kind of don't want to think of, like I kind of want to just see where we go next episode. Yeah. I'm sort of in that middle point where I'm like, all right, I'm here for it. I'm here for these twists. I I like it. It's all making sense. I'm excited about seeing the potential of like our supernatural killer and like what this means. So I think this will be my prediction. I think next week we're going to get our resolution on Margaret. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to resolve that. They're going to figure out that she did it or not or whatever. I think I think we're still going to have some time with Montana and the Night Stalker and figuring all that shit out. Yeah. But I think maybe we'll get our resolution for Margaret and maybe even Rita. And my other prediction would be, this is just a bold prediction for the rest of it, but I think Xavier, Brooke, Chet are going to live. And that'll be it. I think those will be the three. That, like, uh, yeah, I don't three. think Montana's surviving. I don't I don't either. She's too connected. She, yeah, she can't now. Yeah, she can't because of the whole Richard Ramirez yeah. thing. So I don't think she can either. Yeah. And I wish that Trevor was somehow still alive, but I think he's gone too. Yeah. I'm. Well, I can't remember. Do we see? I think we see him. I mean, she stabs him on, and he's like laying on the ground. But, yeah. But, you know. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? Um, cool. So we'll be back next week with episode five, which will be the official halfway mark for the season. Dun, dun, dun. Um, and then make sure to tune in. We'll have our new episode up on Monday, Monday. uh, for the town, the dreaded sundown, the original. Um, and then if you want to keep up, you can watch that. And then also don't forget that we are covering the sequel slash reboot slash whatever the hell you want to call it. That Ryan, that, uh, oh, fun tie and Ryan Murphy did that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so... Look um, at that. There you go. We didn't even know it. But, yeah, Ryan Murphy actually did that remake. So um, you can also watch that. Um, And until then, keep screaming!